This is a presentation of Dawn Forge Productions. You're listening to All Things Azeroth, episode 666, Bringing Out the Demons. Coming to you from the exotic land known as Canada, eh? You're listening to another episode of All Things Azeroth. Now we present your awesome hosts, the always stalwart and honorable Maedros, the commander of the fell and master of demons, Death, the non-vegan meat shield, my warrior brother, Toasty, and the high priestess of the Everlight, Owie. She ain't from Canada, but it'll work. It's the internet. Just go with it. They are bringing you your news from the world of Warcraft. This is All Things Azeroth. And welcome back to All Things Azeroth, your World of Warcraft podcast. I'm your host, Medros, and with me, returning from sunny California, we have Toasty. Well, Florida, via California, but... Yeah, hi, how you oh, doing? Sorry, Florida via Dallas, Texas, via California, via somewhere else. You went around, around the U.S. Yeah, I've, I've, I've been, I've been on a lot of Toasty's planes. been around... <laughs> I have no comments on that matter. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've been on a lot of planes the past couple weeks. It's 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 been a bit of a trip, and yeah. also, also, Florida was not as sunny as I had hoped it would be. We we got a decent amount of rain. I'm sorry to hear that. Hey, I didn't mind. I love the rain, especially Me like too. when it was down there because it's warm. So like bonus, it was great. And the best part was it rained on days and either rained as we were leaving the theme parks or it rained on days where we were where we were planning on spending the day inside like shopping or at the house or something. Well there you go. That so works. it was perfect. Yeah. Awesome. It was hot, humid, but you know, it worked out. I'm glad to hear that. Uh, nothing worse than uh, your holidays and vacation being ruined by bad timing. You're not and, wrong. <laughs> and, and, and and we will talk more about all of that later. Uh, and also with us we have Allie, who was already back by last week, but was very tired and, and worn out, and we, we decided okay, to have a break. Now, I feel like I need to defend myself, because I feel like I got I got a little bit crap last episode for not being here. I sat down for the first time on my own couch an hour before recording would have happened. I was uh, I was not giving you any crap last hell. week. I was simply uh, advising people you weren't here. Well, maybe, maybe it was Nick. But there was you know, a little, little bit of shade, a little bit of, you know, oh, well, you know, Frasley went to BlizzCon, but he made it here. Frasley <laughs> went home a day before me, so man. He did, he did. <laughs> Bradley and Nick, thank you for filling in. You know, you know, defending myself. Hi, I'm here. Hi. Hi, welcome back. Hi, thanks. It's good to be back. Good to have you guys here. Yeah. Because yeah. you guys were missed a little bit. Just well, a little you bit. Had, you had great subs, so it's fine. I did. However, you were still missed. Oh, thanks. Because it's just not the same without you guys. <laughs> And of course, we, we, we creepy Craig was here, but he's just not the same company without you guys here. Was Nick not creepy enough? No, Nick's not creepy. I don't know what I'm saying. <laughs> C- 
Craig is just... He, he, he's not as special when you guys aren't here, that's all. I think we just have too much for making fun of him. This is true. <laughs> he doesn't come off quite as creepy without you guys. So let's put it that way. Yes. yes. What happened? We're talking about Creepy, creepy Craig. Craig. In fact, you guys weren't here, so I, I had Creepy Craig and, and Nick and Fraz to keep me company. Oh, uh, okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, um... Who wants to talk, start first with how your weeks went? Because it's been a couple weeks since we had you guys here. Now we're we talking like weeks and wow, or are we talking BlizzCon talk? Let's talk week and wow first, and then okay. we'll go into week and wow. Or so week so and would you BlizzCon, like sorry. to go first? Because you, yours might be shorter than mine, because you've been gone, gone. Yeah, sure. So, uh, my week and wow. Um, yesterday, I logged up to wow for the first time in two weeks. <laughs> and I got all that um, anniversary LFR rating out of the way. Nice. So I got my I got my fancy Deathwing mount, which is super cool. I managed well, how, did, to... how did you feel about that? Because I feel like I know for me personally, I was a little frustrated that it was just the little snippets of the raid bosses. Like I wanted to kill those raid bosses, and it was just the little you know snippets. Like, were you okay with that, or were you also bummed that you didn't get to actually fully kill them? I was a little bummed. I was especially bummed with a Nefarian encounter. <laughs> that yeah. ended super quick. Like, oh, okay, yeah, the, the room flooded. I killed the ads. And just as I'm about to throw something at Nefarian, it, it changed. Yeah. I didn't even get to fight Nefarian during that thing. So <laughs> maybe you guys can answer this because I actually haven't done the, the rating yet for, for the anniversary. Uh, it seems like I was seeing people who were saying they were struggling against the the anniversary raid bosses, as if it was like well, difficulty, like mythic or, or hardcore, hard hard level. I wouldn't say it was difficult by any stretch. It's just that unfortunately, some of the mechanics can really give you good. Yeah, like, you um, need you need to actually do the safety <clears throat> dance for Hygen. Like you yeah. need to, you know, actually avoid the fire when you fight Ragnaros. Part of it was the first day day and a half that it was out there was actually a really big bug that made it hard to complete the ragnaros fight because it would keep zoning you in and out of the fight itself like there's something really weird like chromie was just messing everything up um so that was probably that problem outside of that it really has been that people just don't sometimes know those fights and so they'll stand in the defile for lich king and they'll do this that and the other like you need to actually kind of do mechanics but each fight is literally a minute or two, and that's it. You don't even see the full fight. And unfortunately, what happens during those fights, too, is that you're kind of just dropped into the middle of them. And the bosses are at various percentages, and, um, like, there's no real wind-up for it. Uh, you kind of just throw it into the middle of it. Uh, once you start the encounters, there's no real... There's not really stopping, and you kind of just keep going throughout the entire thing. So, um, you have to really... Uh, unless you're, uh, if you're not aware of those strategies and, and people, and unless you're able to corral people in LFR to not start the encounters right away, if you don't have a good opportunity to explain the fights to people who may not have done it before. Yeah, that's very true. And Elena, I did not pick up the world quest bonus event. I was, I was indisposed during that whole thing. Well, it's still active right now. Yeah, I didn't care. 
<laughs> you want to do 20 world quests tonight? No. <laughs> I mean, you could. I, I, I've it. done 60 today. That's that's cool. I I <laughs> I, I was catching up on all all the um, all the BlizzCon panels that I didn't get to go to. Because the unfortunate reality of BlizzCon is you never get to go to all the panels you want to go to. This is true. But you got your Deathwing Mount already, which is awesome. To do yeah. AV? Are you going to do AV? I'm planning on doing AV. Thankfully, I've got a long time to do yeah. that. The anniversary event is running for a, like two months, right? Yeah, which is nice. And it goes until January 7th, I think. Or 6th. Yes, that sounds that sounds about right. So I've got I've got enough time to do that, and I'll maybe I'll uh, find a pre-made group who's running through that because apparently it's a bit easier with a pre-made group. Um, but that was it for wow. I was just logging in yesterday to get my my Obsidian Worldbreaker mount. Well, there you go. What about you, Ellie? So I did well Tuesday when Ragnaros was still bugged. Uh, the raid group I go with on Tuesdays, we all went in together and, and did all the all that together, except for Ragnaros, because we couldn't get through the bug. So <laughs> I went back on Saturday to complete that and got my mount. I haven't done AV yet, but I will. I've also took advantage this week of having both the Dark Moon Fair buff and the anniversary event to try to get too exalted with Ann Cohen. So I got maybe three-fourths of the way through Revered, so I'm almost there. So that's awesome. And I leveled my Dwarf Rogue a little bit. Got her to 112, I think. It was nice. I also did... What did we do? A Mythic 9 for Atal Dazar. And got a piece that wasn't necessarily an up. So I'm really excited about some of those changes coming up in Shadowlands. <laughs> and... I was able to kill Gorgonzola, as everyone calls him, on Heroic <laughs> in Eternal Palace. So I'm pretty happy with that. And yeah, just like a lot. Like I've been up to a lot in this week, which has been really nice. But it's been a lot of fun things. I can't wait to get back into reading. I'm like the two weeks off and plus surrounding myself with a bunch of people super passionate about Blizzard stuff. Kind yeah. of re-energize me, and get, I'm getting ready to just dive back into everything. Yeah, I, I sat down over the weekend and you know restocked out in flasks. I um, kind of failed and forgot that I had a gem socket that needed to be filled, <laughs> and you know just like, kind of restocked on you know raiding supplies. Spent more gold than I probably should have, but uh, you know it was it was good. I'm kind of just ready to get back into it, just like you. Well, I'm glad you guys got some WoW time in and got some stuff done. Um, I've been home the last two weeks, and I didn't get anything done nearly as, as much as you guys did, so. Sorry. Well, what did you For, do? Um, World Quest bonus. I uh, did it on four characters. So I had two left. And... I hit Exalted with um, the Ancon and bought my uh, my mount. So I have the, the Ancon mount for 150 uh, prismatic mana pearls. And 
Yeah, that was about it for my so week. I want to apologize to everyone tonight while Medros is being a robot because Discord is all sorts of messed up tonight. Yes. Uh, yeah, sorry. I'd like to apologize to the editor of this episode <laughs> for the fact that not only it'll be a long episode, but it's going to be a real bad one for editing. Oh, uh, wait, doll, oh, that's me. Oh, poor Dusty. Uh, welcome back. <laughs> oh. Yeah, sorry about that, buddy. But yeah, um, my, my week has been. Uh, uh, not too bad. Just got was doing stuff and trying to get uh, trying to get life stuff done. So uh, not a huge amount of wild time, but uh, I feel the time that I did get was productive. So that was good. There you go, bud. Yep, yep, yep. And uh, yeah, so I guess uh, let's talk about uh, how your BlizzCon time was, guys. Ali, I will let you go first, as it was your first time around. Oh my goodness. It was wonderful and magical. It was more everything I wanted to be and more. I I went into it pretty nervous, you know, some social anxiety and things like that. And everyone's like, oh, it's fine. Everyone's going to like you, blah, 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 blah. Everyone likes everyone there. It's great. And that didn't stop me from, you know being nervous still because that's just who I am but I wanted to work hard and step outside my comfort zone and meet people and get the pictures and all that and I did all that and what I discovered is there really is a family feel there there's a blizzard family feel people that I've you know made friends with online like to be able to meet them and talk with them and hug them like genuinely care about each other was just so awesome people i've never met before or even heard of before same thing and even just to sit back and people watch and see everyone greeting each other and talking to each other and just being happy to be there there's something very special about it and being you know surrounded by your people and it was like I said, more than I ever had could have hoped for. I loved it so much. So were they were were so who people who told you that it was great was were not lying to you? No, and I obviously didn't think anyone was lying to me, but you know those little voices inside your head when you have social anxiety tell you tell you the opposite. So even just so the very first day, uh, we got there Wednesday, and when Toasty got there. Yeah, we, we got a chance to talk. And even just going down from my room to meet Toasty downstairs, I could see him from my window. He is right there. <laughs> and I was still nervous, even though, like, we're friends. I really care about Toasty. And that didn't matter because I was still freaking nervous. But <laughs> it was wonderful to meet him and, and see him and get a hug and joke around. And it was just a nice way to kind of ease into the weekend with meeting everyone else and, you know, some Blizzard people and... It was. I created a lot of memories, more than I expected. So which Blizzard folks did you did you manage to meet? I met Lance, and oh, had a, Lance yeah, is great. Lance is great. Got a great hug from him. Had a really actually like solid fifteen minute conversation with him, which was awesome. And I, I already liked the guy, and now I like him even more and have more respect for him. He's awesome. And I met briefly with Christy Golden. 
I was with a couple of other uh, lore folk from uh, merely a setback, and the three of us got a picture with her and, and talked with her for a few minutes, which was really cool. And I very, very awkwardly got a picture with Patty Matson, who does the voice for Savannah. She was standing to the side during, uh, I think it was Deep Dive. Yeah, it must have been during Deep Dive. And <laughs> so I like awkwardly walked over her with, to her and apologized and asked, you know, if I could get a quick picture and I love her. And, and then kind of awkwardly went back to my chair, <laughs> which was really fun. I really wanted to meet Taryn. I saw him a couple times at Come for the Storm. And a couple times before and after, it just either I was busy or he was busy, and so I didn't quite get to get Taryn, unfortunately. Oh, and Ian Hazakostis, I got a super awkward picture with him too. And oh, Ian's Ian's good. I talked to him for like two seconds, (laughs) just saying, "I like your shit. I like the game. Thank you so much for everything. Can I please get a picture?" And then left. (laughs) Pretty much, that's all it was. At least you have Stone who like chases him down every year and harasses him about watching. <laughs> that, that was really funny. Well, I mean, yeah. at least you weren't the person who was trying to request this. Okay. Hey, this is Ian Hasekostas, lead game designer in World of Warcraft, and you're listening to All Things Azeroth. No, no, definitely didn't. <laughs> but I, I did. That'd be awkward. I, I considered trying to do something similar for for with Lance because he's amazing and he probably would have done it, but then I didn't because I was just happy he was actually talking to me. So, <laughs> and he knew who I was, which was the other like just mind-boggling thing. Yeah, it's good when people know who you are. It's good. Yeah, wasn't expecting that. <laughs> I wasn't expecting him to know who I was. Anyone that actually listens to Dungeon Fables outside of, you know, friends I've made, you know, and through podcasting and everything. And I actually had various people approach me and I just, I never knew what to say. And I was awkward and blushed and, uh, yeah. It's never, it's, yeah. it's never not weird. I never knew what to say. I was like, thank you. I can't believe you're talking to me right now. <laughs> but it really just all in all, just between meeting friends making new friends it's definitely a special time i understand why people go every year and we're already making plans to go next year it's just amazing that's awesome i'm glad I could you blab enjoyed on yourself. And on. I, I could blab on and on but we'll be here all night so that's fine we don't we don't it's a big deal <laughs> dusty how was your blizzcon uh, it was it followed, It very much followed the same pattern as the past couple of BlizzCons have for me so I was very busy almost constantly um, got to meet up with you on Wednesday which was great and then Thursday I spent all day like helping with Con Before the Storm and then yep. at Con Before the Storm day. also helping <laughs> uh, it was great got to help help uh organized people for the meet and greet so I got to meet some of those people at the meet and greet by proxy got to had to escort Taryn like president style from his panel wow. at, 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 at from his panel at World of Podcast to his meet and greet I just worked on the art for four hours you got to do all the fancy <laughs> stuff <laughs> um and then, and then 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 there was the actual con which was just Great, 
um, didn't get to sit in Mythic Hall because I did what I normally I did what I normally do when it came came to uh, having um, media access. I showed up a little bit late because I figured like I never had a problem getting a single seat. But apparently, other people were way ahead of me and assumed that like, you know this year was going to be a big year to be in the Mythic Hall. Yeah. So that was that was a poor call on my part. What also didn't help was that when I was go- when I tried going in once, they told me the hall was full and they wouldn't let me through. And yeah, then, I and, was... the, and then I tried again. Um, and the guy's like, and I told, and I told the guy, well, I, I, I've got my media pass, and he's like, oh yeah, you're fine, go right in. Like, oh, yep. so I should have done that the first time. Yep. <laughs> that probably didn't help me. So, yeah, I ended up sitting in the uh, StarCraft slash Overwatch World Cup arena for the opening ceremonies, which is still great. I love that arena. And get those big screens to watch on, and it was yeah, it, it was fantastic. That opening ceremony was yeah. everything I wanted it to be. Yeah, that was, and to, to, to be there and feel the electricity of the crowd was really phenomenal. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm kind of bummed that I missed out on that because for every BlizzCon I managed to be in Hall D for the opening ceremony. So this year, this year was the first time I wasn't. Um, yeah, that that build up is something else. Yeah. <clears throat> now, do they have the separate entrance for media again this year, or was it all entering the same path? Same path. That makes it rough. Yeah, I mean it is what it is. Um, I knew what to do afterwards because they definitely locked out Hall D a couple times throughout the con because of capacity issues. Like, oh no, no, no! Please let me in. <laughs> You're special. Well, I wouldn't go that far. <laughs> hey, your words, not mine. Uh, so, uh, your first in-person BlizzCon alley, uh, that opening ceremony. How did it feel? I had goosebumps. I think at one point, probably during, I think it was during the Shadowlands thing, I, my eyes watered up a little bit, admittedly, because Sh- Shadowlands is just a big lorgasm for me, and I'm super excited about it. But even, even the Diablo trailer, all of it, just to be there cheering with the crowd and that anticipation during the countdown, and then when the countdown slowed down just that build up it was just indescribable it was so good and i loved actually being there for it i we were lucky and did get in mythic d because we had friends who saved us seats and got in before they started closing things because we went there super early and uh it was it was worth going on very little sleep to go be there for mythic d because it was so great. Yeah, there's definitely something special about that that specific call. Especially because it was our first one. Like that was our big thing. Like it was our first one. We knew it was going to be a big year, so we really, really wanted to be there in that main hall. Yeah. <laughs> um. So, uh, I, I also have to ask: Was the was the clarion as awesome as I said it was? 
Yeah, you know, I really liked it. It was not, you know, a fancy fancy hotel, but it was good. And it was nice that it had, you know, the restaurant right at the bottom on, you know, first floor there. It was you know, decent food, which helped a lot. But I like that it's really close to everything, but it's not the Hilton or Marriott, which can be overwhelming and loud. Whereas the Claren lets me kind of step away from the craziness and kind of recuperate, kind of unwind, which was really important for me. But yeah. go back to the craziness when I was ready. Like it was, and it's, again, like I said, it's just right there. So it's really nice. Yeah, I've heard. I was gonna say one thing I noticed about the Marriott is I stayed at the Marriott one year and on the on the first floor, nonetheless. So like on the same floor as the Chaos. And and those rooms do a good job of keeping out all that noise because the minute I close that door, okay. I didn't hear things. Yeah, I, I I've heard from people in the past who stayed at the Hilton, um, and they've said that they could hear the bar from their room, and that and that if you're several floors up, you should not be hearing the bar. But they never seem to understand that people don't want a DJ in the bar; they actually want to be able to hear each other, and and they never get that impression. So. Well, part of it, too, is that there were actually people right from the DJ, like, dancing and bouncing around and stuff and actually enjoying the DJ. Not a lot of people, but there were people. And I heard from someone, and I don't know if this is true or not, but one of the thoughts with the DJ is that when the DJ stops, that means the party is over and it's time to actually leave the Hilton lobby. And that's part of the reason why they keep doing it. Yeah, nobody leaves, though. I was definitely <laughs> I was definitely there till like, three or four most of the most of the time I was there. Yeah, uh, the Hilton's always crazy though. Like, I, I think the 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 first year I went went to the Hilton on a Wednesday, and there was only like twenty or thirty people there, so it was much more laid back. Um, and then I went back the next day, and I couldn't recognize the place because it was like wall to wall bodies and just noise. well, even just from Wednesday night to Thursday night. Because I went there Wednesday night and met with a, a friend and his wife, and we had some drinks. And even just from Wednesday to Thursday was a big difference. Yeah. Yep. Uh, so I'm glad you enjoyed the hotel recommendation. Um, yeah. it, I, I tell you, unless I'm going with the wife and we, she insists we go to stay at one of the Disneyland California hotels there, um, I will stay at the Cal- stay at the Clarion every time I'm in Anaheim, no matter what. Um, it's just an incredible hotel, and like I am confident if I went back next year. The wait staff would still remember that I like cherry coke and Dr Pepper, and offer me a bang for my bacon. Because like every time I, I every time I went and they had bacon in the buffet, they'd offer me an extra bag to take bacon with me on the way out. <laughs> and not many buffets will offer you a to go bag knowing what you like. So uh, always love that hotel, and like it is my number one recommendation for for BlizzCon. Um, but let's 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 talk more about BlizzCon in just a minute. Let's talk about our first sponsor. Um, our newest sponsor is Funko. If you haven't heard of them by name, you've definitely seen their products. They make collectible vinyl figures from a bunch of Blizzard universes, from Warcraft to Overwatch, Heroes to Diablo, and even more from outside the Blizzardverse like Firefly, Doctor Who, and Game of Thrones. I like to highlight a Funko Pop each week, and this week's Funko is one that I didn't know they made this. And it's not a huge, like, big deal one, but it's it's why it made me smile. So it's from the new Terminator movie, Terminator Dark Fate, um, and it is Arnold's character, uh, a bearded T-800. Um, and I just love this. <laughs> uh, I, I love that, they, that they've kept 
in in what I'm considering the canonical movies, they've kept that Arnold's character didn't, you know, perish at the end of the last one. He he just got older. Um, and Sarah Connor's back, and I, I like that they improved that a lot. It was really awesome. Um, what do you guys think of this Funko Bob? Pretty cool. The the, be- the beard's a nice touch. Yeah. Good. I'm glad you guys agree. Uh, so, if you want to check out this Funko and many others, go to bit.ly slash FunkoATA. You can check out their online shop and use Shop10 to save 10% on your entire purchase. That's bit.ly slash FunkoATA and use Shop10 to save 10%. I want to thank Funko for their support of the show. Uh, now, we do need to check before we get into this weekend. Wow, Toasty, did you, just for the recording, did you do the World Quest Weekly? No. <laughs> All right. So you do you, did you ignore it or you just forget? I ignored it. Okay, I assume that was be the case, <laughs> but I wanted to verify for the listener, for the listeners, the listeners care. This is important, you know. Uh-huh. Inquiring minds want to know. All right, what's coming up this weekend? Wow. Uh, okay, so this weekend, well, we've got from uh, November 12th, 18th, we've got Rap Time Walking and the PvP Brawl Packed House. We've also got the Moonkin Micro Holiday on the 12th. But yeah, go check it all out. Rap Time Walking, how appropriate. That, that, so, that event that, is tomorrow, so hopefully it, it, hopefully you've already done it by the time you hear this if you're listening to the downloads. It should be. Yeah. But yes, we're actually marking. Uh, that's interesting. So uh, last week, uh, with our <laughs> guest hosts, uh, Nick and Frasley, uh, we did have some conversations about some of the stuff that happened at BlizzCon. Um, so before we get on with the, the stuff we're going to talk about, um, let's talk about the pre-opening ceremony speech statement thingy uh i want to know what the reaction in the room was and whether you guys are are happy with what was said uh, so i was sitting with uh seraphis during the during the opening ceremonies and i think both our reactions were oh wow they're actually talking about it and, yeah. and not like making an indirect statement towards it they 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 addressed it pretty head-on um and yeah they apologized for for acting too quickly and then not acting fast enough um they didn't like so they apologized for that stuff they apologized for you know actually doing it <laughs> which like eh. to me it was still a lot of very corporate speak and you know I'll take it for what it is I'm I'm, I'm glad that they didn't avoid that topic of conversation. They addressed the fact that there were protesters outside the convention to um, bring light to the situation. And they also addressed that um, they screwed up in some areas. An important uh, thing to do. Yeah. Um, no, I was very surprised that uh, it was mentioned in such a direct Right off the bat, too, which yeah. in retrospect, I think that was really wise. It just was not something I expected. Like, it was before the countdown and everything. I really appreciated that he 
said, almost for a word, said, I am accountable. It was not pointing fingers at some guy in the Asian office. It wasn't, you know, whatever. It was, I am accountable. And yeah. he, yeah, I expected corporate speak. It's a corporation. You got to expect that. But he did feel, seem very solemn, very genuine, at least in my opinion. Yeah, like and, the, there was a point when somebody, yeah. was people cheered. And, and I really felt looking at him and, and I I made sure like, okay, so I, I, I was watching from work. And we're allowed to listen to, you know, like, listening to music and stuff. And I actually, like, put myself into a, a bit of a break when I saw what he was doing. So I'm like, I can take a minute or two and actually give my attention to the speech. And I, I felt that there's a couple times where people cheered. And his instinct would be to smile at that. But he took he, he put his head down, took time to make sure he was composed. Because I don't think he, I, I think he wanted to really work to, to not let his instincts overrule what he was saying. Um, and I think that was very important to them uh, that they that they do that. Um, and they showed it was important too because I mean it was you know it wasn't the he didn't come out wearing a you know Blizzard T-shirt and super hyped and you know lasers on the screen and stuff and lights going on and crazy. It was a blue screen. Yeah. And it was not. I mean, I keep a Blizzard shirt on underneath. I'm sure, but you know it wasn't hype. Look at Blizzard. It was very. It felt more sincere than that. Yeah, it was a somber but honest thing. Now, um, I don't know if you guys read in our, our notes from last week, but there was a, a, a phone interview that was done by PC Gamer with Jail and Brack afterwards um, that day, actually. And, and they did he did clarify some things. Um, first off, that um, they were not, and they have no intention of. of reducing any further or limiting the ban on Blitzchung or the streamers. Um, they broke rules. They are punished for that. And that is it. Um, their relationship in China had no impact on it. In fact, they have no control over the China thing. And the posts that people have brought up as significantly concerning are things that are absolutely out of their control. Um, those are controlled by netties. And um... While Jalen Brack did take responsibility, um, I don't know that a lot of people would have felt too much blame to him if he had laid it at their feet, if that was his choice, but he didn't. Uh, in the end, he does acknowledge that he is Blizzard's president, and it is his responsibility. Um, but in the in the interview with PC Gamer, he did say that if they had been asked, they would not have authorized that the statements that went out on the Weibo or whatever it was in China. Uh, they would not have authorized those statements insofar as they represent any, any representation of what Blizzard's opinions were. Um, so, yes, they took responsibility at the, at the event, uh, but there was definitely some um, clarifying of where certain information and certain statements came from to ensure that people were realizing it was not coming from them. Um, so, I'm glad you guys are, are kind of seeming to be on the same page as me when it came to this the statement, and um, I'm glad to hear what the room felt like, um, because it definitely, like, it, to me, watching it, it felt like a lot of people were very impressed and very happy with the statement up front. Um, I saw a lot of people who afterwards said very negative things, so it's hard to say what those who were actually at BlizzCon thought overall. That's happening either way. 
Yeah. In a damned feeling situation, and Sleet was probably the best it given all the circumstances. And don't get me wrong, there were absolutely people who still felt they towards the matter of fact. Um, the example is just very special of being one of the dudes who is also within the space of the dream. <laughs> um, but, yeah. It's always, something is always going to be divisive at the end of the day. So, I'm not surprised that people are yeah um all right let's move on uh i I simply have one question uh and this is for ali uh did you actually squeal when you know eight dungeons this is the reporting i have from blizzcon just a little bit and I did legitly say job security. That they, those are words that came out of my mouth. <laughs> so Frasley is not did not report erroneously about like, your I reaction would, to this. I wouldn't say it was like a high pitched girly girly squeal, but there was definitely a noise that emitted from my mouth. And it was a happy noise. It was a very happy noise. <laughs> All right. Um. So thoughts on the cinematic trailer. I was okay, I was hold, waiting hold on, for her to on, put that on. helmet on her head. Hold on, Josie. First off, Allie, do you want to clarify the noise you just made <laughs> at all? That noise explains how happy I am about Shadowlands. Okay, please go, go on, Josie. I, I had to address that because that was just very amusing to me. Josie, say things now. I was, I was, these the like the the whole lead up to her destroying the helm. Like, um, Seraphis and I were like, oh, like, it was just very audible. Holy shit, she's gonna do it. She's gonna do it. Yep. Like, oh, like, oh, no, no, what's she doing? What's she? Oh, okay. That happened. Yeah, I I actually have notes from the cinematic, like, or from the opening ceremonies, and I was, like, keeping notes of everything. Um, and, like, across, like, the page is like, no, no, no. Okay. Well, yeah, because it makes no sense lore-wise for her to actually put on the helm. And I know a lot of people are saying, we want a Lich Queen, we want blah, 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 blah. But it makes no sense for her to put it on. And it would have felt too almost predictable. And fan service Yeah, but not the good kind of fan service. Yeah. Because it made no sense lore-wise. And they did such a fantastic job tricking us and making us think she was going to put it on because they actively had her pause with a helmet like right at her face like she was going to put it on so I, I was saying the same thing I was like no no she, she's not going to put it on no Blizzard's not going to do this no 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 and then when she actually ripped it instead I, my jaw dropped and certain swear words came out of my mouth that I'm not going to say on this show Please, and thank you. it was just yeah <laughs> it was just like just chills and like I was just ah like I, I, if I remember right, the crowd cheered, and it was just so good. And I feel like, oh, sorry, God. I was just gonna say the, the whole visual effect of that realm of reality or whatever shattering to expose the Shadowlands was just so well done. Like that effect itself was really cool. 
yeah, it was just a jaw-dropping moment when the when the sky shattered. It's like, oh, oh, I'm, I'm very oh, proud there's a building Sylvanas. up there. I'm very proud for Sylvanas. She finally broke through the glass ceiling. Yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> um. So, yeah. Uh, as was said on a few videos and podcasts I've already uh, listened to. Uh. So the name was right. Everything else was wrong from the from the leaks, basically. Or everything changed since the leak. True. Which, gonna say, not too unlikely. But I mean, there's significant things that were changed that I can't see the leak being completely true. Um, I I have to assume at this point that the person like heard the name and just came out with a bunch of stuff to go along with it, uh, and just happened to be the name was true. But who knows? No, no real way to know for sure. But. but yeah, the leaks, some of the leaks leading up to the convention, like the leaked Boulevard art. Yeah. The leaked art of Bastion. Like that one was real. Yeah. I really wanted that Boulevard art. It sold out so quickly, and I'm oh, so sad yeah. because it was amazing. Well, look at the plus that you go to eBay and buy it for $600. No, that angers me. Don't get me started. <laughs> There, yeah, there's a lot of people who were very unhappy with certain things that sold out very fast at BlizzCon. And then went to eBay. Yeah, yeah. Dirty. Like it, I said, don't get me started. It, it is. Uh, and I, I think I heard somebody has some stuff for me that's on this recording, so I'll have to go meet up with somebody downtown next week. Um, just one thing, at least for me. Anyways, uh, Toasty, what was your your thoughts on the uh, on the overall Shadowlands announcement features and and covenants and all that? I'm so hyped for covenants. I want, I want, like, I, I don't know, I, I don't know which one I want to be with yet. Um, hold well, on, I made you notes. Have about two hours to decide because that's when we we'll get to the the question of the week. I made notes. Um, Revendreth because goth. <laughs> I'm right. not kidding. I actually wrote down because goth. <laughs> I believe that. I believe you actually wrote that down. Uh, I am all for that. I'm a little upset that the Revendreth is the literal last zone that we go through while we level up. Don't give it to me. Give it to me now. They want to <laughs> test your resolve and give you everything else and see if you still love Revendreth at the end. Yeah, because I'm going to like the lighty bull that Bastion's gonna give me, and the nature stuff that Ardenveld's gonna give me. No, give me Goth. And the undead stuff that the Necro people are gonna give you. Uh, Mardraxus? Like, yeah. yeah. Give me Goth. <laughs> hey, they're just putting you through your paces to make sure you really want what, what you're saying you want. They learned from last time. They want to make sure you actually know what you want before you get it. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, what do you guys think about the pre-order system for this expansion? I think it's a good idea. You know, I think that they're still going to give the base level game to people who really want to play it, but money's too tight. Mm-hmm. And you know, increasing it based on you know things that come with it afterwards. Like I think it just it gives us more options. I'll be honest, I'm surprised that the mount comes with both the uh, Epic and the Le- uh, 
Mythic and Epic version. The two higher-end versions. I was surprised they both come with the, the mount. I would have expected the pet to come with the first one. Yeah. And then the second, the, the higher-end one to have both pet and mount. But that's just me. Uh, I just feel like the 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 mount was is the higher end item of the two, and I'm surprised that comes in both of them. It's cool though. It is. Yeah. Don't have it yet. I was still waiting to hear uh, about uh, pre-ordering and and collector's edition equation and such. Um, they already confirmed that, man. I did not see that confer- confirmation anywhere publicly. Yeah, that was that was on Wellhead earlier this week. Well, maybe I should visit Wowhead more often, I guess, because I did not see any clarification on that, and I was waiting for it. So Yeah, uh, she was on Friday, so purchasing a Wow Shadowlands Collector's Edition will refund digital version. Kind of like last year, right? That was on Friday. Well, I was waiting in certain places, and I couldn't didn't see that posted in certain places, so... Um, that, that makes me unfor- unfortunately sad, because that's not what I was looking for. But, what are you talking about? That's exactly uh, what you wanted. No, I, I want a refund to, build, to Blizzard Balance, not a, ver, a a game code like they gave a couple of expansions ago. Hold on, let me actually read this thing, because I haven't actually read it. I, I'm trying to actually find what you're talking about on there, so... Yeah, we okay, have a digital Blizzard. version. Okay, so... If you purchase any digital copy of Shadowlands and then upgrade to a collector's edition in the future, we will automatically credit you the cost of your digital copy in Blizzard Balance. Okay. See, that's not what I read from that title. What I read from that title is a digital version being a code, a digital code for what you purchased. Which is what they did back in I believe it was Warlords. And then yeah. they changed it to Blizzard Balance for for Legion and, and BFA. Um, so I'm glad to see this and this will actually make me go tonight and get the, the epic version, uh, assuming that that will be the equivalent of the collector's edition. So thank you. I, I, I was not aware of this and I did not see it in our show notes as far as I could see. So, cause I forgot. All right. <laughs> as long as it's your words, not mine. That's all that matters. Uh, all right. So, um, so yeah, that 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 makes me really happy because I was waiting. I was not willing to pre-order until I knew what was going to happen because uh, pre-Warlords, uh, there was no guarantee that you would get anything. You had to basically keep asking until you got a GM that was willing to give you something back, um, usually a game code of the version you bought when you upgraded your CE. Um, it wasn't until Warlords or Legion when they actually said, okay, we're, we actually have a process, this is what you need to do, and we'll give you this back. Um, and then it was guaranteed at that point you were going to get a copy, a digital code for the version you bought, you pre-ordered, and then it, they changed it in Legion, I think it was, to you'll actually get Blizzard Balance, this is the process, it's automatic, you don't actually have to do anything else. Um, and you never know when things are going to change, so it's hard to say, you know, for sure what to expect. So I'm very glad to have this. Thank you very much for pointing that out, sir. I really appreciate that. Uh, have you guys pre-ordered it yet? I- I- I'm guessing not for you, Toasty, but maybe you, Allie? I have not yet. I'm going to this week. I just haven't done it yet. I've been busy with other things, but I'm going to this week. Oh, it's almost like you just had a vacation or something. Yeah, and then recovering from vacation and trying to catch up on show stuff and guessing on podcasts and all that business. Um, 
you know, I, I we we completely forgotten our weekend. Wow, how was your uh, week in Alley podcasting? Good. I guessed on Frazzlecast this past Thursday, where we rehashed uh, BlizzCon, mostly just experiences, not so much the news and stuff. So I got to geek out about that, which was awesome. And then on Wednesday, this last Wednesday, and then this upcoming Wednesday, are my two guest spots on TavernCast, which turned out better than I ever could have hoped, and I've laughed so much with every rewatch, and I'm so happy with it. I gotta say, loved it. I watched the first one. I loved it very much. Cannot wait for for watching the second one. No, I haven't seen... The, the, he gave me a preview of the first one. And so I actually watched it one night when I was trying to go to bed at BlizzCon, even though I couldn't go to bed. So I watched that <laughs> instead. And sleep I had a hard time... You should right, really learn from Toasty. Like, you just don't, don't sleep. <laughs> oh, just don't even try. Barely, I barely slept. I slept enough to keep me functional. Anyways, I had a hard time not waking up my husband with my laughter because I laughed a lot. So, uh, please yeah. do pass along my regards to Mr. Alley. Uh, I really appreciate that he actually changed his Twitter uh, description to Mr. Alley. I, I, a plus <laughs> on that one. That was that was all on him. That was not my doing. So uh, I know I, I my 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 tip the hat to him for for recognizing that exactly you know that's going to happen. So <laughs> I will pass it on. Um. All right. So. Uh. What? So we're both you have the what next? What's the next panel for Shadowlands? Yes. Yes. All right. So thoughts on it? What they announced? What they talked about? Go alley. I am very happy with it. I'm trying to remember what was talked about at the West next versus the deep dive, because my brain ended up mushing it all together. Yeah. Same. Uh, well, what's next? The, the, le- the leveling flow was with the deep dive, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, it's it's kind of hard to keep track of what happened in what panel. Uh, that's why we actually had the, or I had the uh, the live blog from WoW Insider up, or from uh, Memo Champion up, because I was like, I actually want to know what happens in what order and, and what was talked about. Because it's a lot of information. Yeah. So uh, the what's next? They talk about just very high level, like very quick, quick glances at stuff. So you guys all have small, quick glances. Yeah. So like they talked about like what the shadowlands are. We're going to the realm of death, and they talked about the arbiter, which kind of determines um, where which of the realms the soul goes after death. So they talked about anima a bit. They, they showcased Bastion. Specifically, when talking about covenants and um, zones, so Bastion was the playable zone for the demo at Blizzcon, uh, ruled by the Kyrian. Um, they talked about uh, who we could possibly find there and what what the people of Kyrian represent. So um, they uh, talk about how souls sent to Bastion and the Kyrian are, were belong to people who are called to service and eventually they become Valkyr or spirit healers uh, an example of a soul residing within Bastion is Uther which uh, should surprise nobody nope and I'm so looking forward to that <laughs> um, they talked about Maldraxxus um, again um, uh it's kind of like the, they're they're kind of like the armies of the Shadowland. They defend against the enemies of death. Um, 
Maldraxxus are uh, filled with uh, beings that were called on by the Lich King, for example. Uh, and while uh, while they may appear evil, uh, they're not all evil. For example, Draca, the mother of Thrall, is an example of a soul that we can find in Maldraxxus. Yep, and she's not evil. Nope. Nope. Um, our, we've got the Arden Wheel, the very... Uh, Druid-inspired. That's where we find the Night Fae Covenant. It's a place of rest and rebirth. Scenarius is found there, which is cool. Because uh, you know, was he? He, he went there when he died, and, and he, he's back now, so he's good. Yeah. Um, also, also worth pointing out, and I'm sure Medros will love this. There's a deep Drust influence within the Arden Wield. So you know Drustvar, uh-huh. your, your favorite zone, right? Uh huh. And then we've got the best zone. Uh, we've got Revendreth, home to the Benthir <laughs> Covenant. It's a gothic zone. Uh, filled with flawed souls, atoning for sins, and uh, attempting redemption. Kael'thas is who we can find there. I totally called that one, too, when we were sitting there. I like, it's going to be Kael'thas. I know it. Oh, I, I think we can think of a few people we, we expect to see there. Um, I think I saw some people on, on t- Twitter talking about uh, a, a, a flaw in their planning if there's not a dungeon where we face two Gul'dans. <laughs> you might see it at some point, you never know. No one thinks so, but you never know. This is true, this is true. They also talked about Soulbinds during the uh, What's Next. Um, not didn't get too much into detail there. Just like you bind your soul to somebody in the Shadowlands, and you'll be able to customize. You'll have different uh, points of customization as a result of who you decide to bind your soul to, which and is you, you can cool. change it if you need to at some point. Yeah, and what people particularly liked is that you don't have to grind for soul bind power. Like it does. It does. So he legit said there is no. AP, which yeah. the, at that point the crowd erupted. <laughs> but it does sound like Anima is going to be a small grind, but I think there's a cap to it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's still there's still AP. It's just Anima power instead of Azerite or uh, artifact. But it's different because it's not continuous grind. Sure, it's an MMO. There's going to be grinds. Yeah, like that's. It blows my mind whenever people complain it. about grinds in an MMO. Like, like they have that, to keep you playing. Yeah. They want to keep getting your money. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, so Covenants is kind of like the main one of the main features of Shadowlands. It's their class. It's their version of the class order hall. That's cool. Um, they showed off different back pieces, like for cosmetic rewards. Mm-hmm. Some of those look fantastic. They showed off primarily the Bastion ones. I want to see what what the goth boys give me because because give it to me, please. Oh, you mean want... the, the back piece? You mean? Yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, I feel like on uh, Talios and Evertel they had a picture of that. Uh, maybe it was from the press kit. I don't remember exactly. I haven't had time to review the press kit yet. Otherwise, I would have probably seen that. Uh, I should do that. I'll do that for next week. Backs, <laughs> cloaks, and armor attachments. Let's see here. Um, the Revendreth. 
Okay, so either a coffin, like a tombstone on your back, or uh, like skeletal wings on your back. Oh yes, yes. Give it to uh, me. Let's see here. There's a picture from MMO Champ or uh, Wowhead. Sorry, um, I'm guessing it's probably the tombstone because I think the Necro Lords are probably the skeletal wings. Probably. Yeah, they only showed Kyrian in the in the deep dive, uh, but yeah, the they did. They, 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 I'm pretty sure that's from the press kit. That picture of the back pieces. So, what do you think? Do you want uh, do you want tombstone on your back? Yes, give it to me. <laughs> Are you sure? I'm not really feeling your want for that. I don't know how I can further express it without um, being explicit. <laughs> yeah, let, let, let's move on, shall we? Uh, all right. Uh, what's next? What's what's your next thoughts from the panel? The maw. The I'm very interested in who we're gonna oh find in gosh. the maw. Just so many, there's just in general so many lore things going on and new information we're going to be finding out that I'm just I'm drooling over. The Ma is going to be so good. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's the home of the jailer. Nobody escapes, apparently, except we're obviously going to escape repeatedly. But before us, nobody escaped. So, uh, have you have either of you guys watched the playthrough that Talias and Evertel did at BlizzCon? No, no I have not. Okay, so uh, mildly potentially spoilerific, but um, the so you know what it looks like when you die in WoW currently, right? Oh yeah, that I saw. Okay, so it, it looks it looks very different when you die. Um, but you still are, are safe, and you're reassured right, right away. Don't worry, this is not the end for you. The spirit healer looks so cool. Ah, oh, I love that so much. I, I definitely died a couple times just to see it. I, I'm I'm sure that you really enjoyed that Kyrian spirit healer. Spirit healer. Yeah. Yeah. I'm glad. <laughs> I'm glad. Uh. <laughs> So, what do you guys think of of the 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 lore and the story and the and the the what was said about the moth uh, at the uh, what's next panel? Uh, so, like I said, I'm really I'm really looking forward to seeing who's stuck there. We we have a general idea of who's probably stuck there. Arthas is almost definitely there, uh, and also like. I guess this wasn't covered in the. I don't believe this was covered in the what's next. This was in the deep dive. Yeah, it was in the deep dive. Uh, um. Yeah. Uh, this is really hard to talk about and separate because, like, yeah, I know that's been my problem. Because there's stuff in the deep dive that goes more into what happens in the mall and what's been happening. Um. So I'll leave it at. I am looking forward to seeing who's in there, and what and who and what exactly is up with this jailer person. Yes. So they did say that the jailer, 
Actually, we'll get into this later because that's actually like, like like two more panels down the down the plan here. Um, so I have to ask one person here. It's very specific person. Some very interesting question. Um, approximately, how many episodes do you think it's going to take you to cover all of Torghast? <laughs> I might instead of doing a specific episode on it, it may just be a new segment. This week in Torghast. Yeah. Because cause if it's never ending and it's just going to take that much to get through it, it might just be, you know, oh, I did it this week and this happened and I saw this person and I died this way. And, you know, it might just be a segment. <laughs> Probably your your best option there. Because, yeah, yeah Torghast is going to be uncoverable in your format. Yeah, it's... I mean, I'm I'm sure I can have a lot of fun with it, but because it is never ending, because it is going to be changed up every time you go in, which I'm so excited for it. It's ridiculous. I think it just that's might be just what I have to do. Like, maybe I'll just do one special episode where I intro it, and then. But it's also going to be while we forget to it, so we'll we'll see. We'll see. I'll, I'll be honest. I think at the beginning of the expansion, you need to like break your pattern and just cover that. And you'll be like, okay, so this expansion hit, and we need to cover this because people are going to hit it, and this is how we're going to cover it in the future. Like, I, I think that's the only way you can do that without like being way behind. Because by the time you get around to covering it, you you might be like way into the expansion or on the next expansion, and there's not really much use in covering it the same way, right? Yeah, I could just I might just do like a small special, like Shadowlands, and then an anniversary episode special. Yeah. There we go. Maybe we'll see. I have some other plans for that, so. All right. All right. Uh, so, uh, last thing, uh, not last thing, but raids. Uh, what do you guys think of the raids that they talked about? Raids? Uh, there, was, there was one, right? Castle Nathria. Uh, basically, Dracula's tower, basically. Yeah, it's given to me more goth stuff. Um, more. I, I, I'm intrigued by the gargoyles. I mean, I, I didn't realize they are bringing the cartoon into the game, but you know, whatever. <laughs> basically, yeah, that's kind of what it feels like. But I'm, I'm so excited not only for obviously the Lauren story because that's how I roll, but the potential of what the art and music team can do with it. Super excited. Also, more goth stuff. <laughs> and also more goth stuff. Almost like you're a goth there, Toasty. Went in a past life. Well. Yeah, I had a goth phase. I'm not surprised. Anybody who knows me would not be. This no, is I, actually I, true. I, I, I've seen the music you listen to. Uh, Alright, uh, and we are absolutely not going to do the music of BlizzCon. We should not go in there. Um, Alright, so... um, What do you guys think about the change to the weekly loot chest? Oh my gosh, I'm so happy. Why aren't we doing this sooner? That's what I say. <laughs> That's <laughs> what you really feel, Allie. I cannot tell you how many times because I am not the biggest fan of Mythic Plus personally. Because as a healer, it just really stresses me out, and I put far too much weight on my shoulders. And when people die because they're staying in the volcano, like that's on them. That's not on me, and I still feel bad. Anyways, it stresses me out. So when I do it, you know, I'm really excited for my chest because I force myself to go do it. And when I get an item that's not even a side grade, 
it's really frustrating. <laughs> so to be able to go in there and actually choose something that might be an up for you or for a different spec or something is it's so good and it makes me so happy and it fixes a lot of problems that people have been having with it and good on Blizzard. See, to me it sounds like it's basically a change from a one in one chance to a one in six chance of, of something good. But you still, get to choose. Yeah, it's still better than what we have now. Fair enough. So it's it's there's still obviously some RNG to it, but slightly less RNG because you get to choose between you know five options or whatever, or a sixth one that gives you some random currency if none of those are to your liking. Yes. All right. Lastly, character customizations. I can have my wild hammer dwarf. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think these customizations are pretty cool. And I know there's a lot of people who are complaining that they wanted more and blah, 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 blah. But I want to go back to, I want to say last year, when Ian talked about the transmog system and how they, the, when they made the change that we can hide our gloves and hide our, like, gave us more things that we were allowed to hide. Basically everything but pants. He pointed out the fact that they wanted to trickle in this transmog system instead of dumping it all on us at once. A, that gives them the opportunity to make changes if something's not working out. And B, that gives us a chance for player feedback and for them to add more, take away more, make changes or whatever. And that's probably what they're doing with these customizations. They're giving us some. They're awesome. They look great. And it may not be what everyone wants, but they're going to trickle it out to us. And also, player feedback. I'd also like to throw out a healthy screw you to the people complaining about the ethnically diverse human customizations, because believe it or not, I've seen a lot of complaints about that. Screw you. Let me be me in the game. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that, yeah, I have no patience for that. Uh, to help that. Um, no, no, no place for that kind of uh, thinking in, in our community. Agreed. I'm glad. Really but also give me dark hammer dwarves or not dark hammer, uh, wild hammer dwarves. <laughs> wild hammers, yes, please. I, um, I, I want I, a dark hammer. I want dark skin and uh, the, fly, the, the, the the tattoos of the wild hammer. There we go. I'm you can excited. do that. I, I get that dark hammer. I'm excited. <laughs> That was, that was literally one of the examples they showed Medros. They had a dark-skinned dwarf with the wild hammer tattoos. Yeah. Alright, deal. I want it now. <laughs> uh, and I, I don't remember what their one more thing was. Oh, yeah, it was uh, everybody can be, be uh, Death Knights. Yes. Dark Iron Death Knights for the win. I don't know <laughs> if I want to change off my gnome so Death Knights. So excited. <laughs> Because my gnome death knight has been around since Mr. Pandaria, but also my gnome death knight's name will no longer be relevant because its its name is not a panda DK. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that that's not really relevant anymore. Ah, uh, which means that one guy from my old guild way back in the day is super stoked now. I can imagine. <laughs> All right, uh, so let us uh, move next to the deep dive. Yes. 
Okay. Uh, so this started out with Paul Cubitt, uh, senior game designer of WoW, uh, talking about covenants uh, first up. Um, we've talked about that fairly, fairly heavily. Um, basically, the leveling of, of Shadowlands is not going to be play whatever zone you want first, at least not at first. Um, your first character through will play through zones in order. Um, I don't remember what the order they said was. Let me see if they have a uh, thing for that. So um, it is Bastion, uh, Mardraxis, Arnveld, and Ravendreth. Okay. That's what I wrote down. Uh, that seems to be the order where they have the covenants in anyway, so that's good. Uh, and then once, uh, I think... I think they talked about it here, or maybe it was in the in the uh, the um, what's next panel. Um, but we'll get ahead a bit ahead of this. Uh, so once you've played through it on your first character and chosen your covenant on your first character, um, any other alt you level, A will be able to choose their covenant right away, and B will be able to um, do the zones in whatever whatever order they want. I, I'm really excited for that. Uh, also, you'll be able to start earning uh, stuff for your end game experience on those alts right away, instead of having to wait until you hit 60, our new level cap, as of this expansion, um, and then having to fight, you know, do all the stuff to get everything you need for leveling up. So, uh, I'm really excited by this. Uh, I can actually do. Yes. I can actually have characters that hit lo- hit max level and actually are have, have gear that isn't completely irrelevant because they got it at 111. Um, I'm really excited about that. Yeah, I, I really like that they're having us go through the zones in order because it kind of gives them a nice way to tell the story. Obviously, it's something I really like. <laughs> but at the same time, they have found ways to make it more alt-friendly right off the bat instead of, you know, waiting till 8-2 to make it more alt-friendly. I think that's fantastic. Now, you, do you have a lot of alts there, Toasty? Nope. I haven't had alts in heavy rotation since Cataclysm. Which is like an expansion after you started, right? Yeah. All right. Not that there's anything wrong with that, of course. Nothing wrong with that. No, it just got harder to maintain after that. And I... And my playtime is limited, so I focused on the one character. Um, I don't know, these changes I might actually be able to focus on more than one. Which is kind of cool. I've been neglecting my Disc Priest, and I kind of want to play her again. I, so, I understand. Yeah, I don't know. We'll see how these changes actually uh, look once they're in. So, uh, I, I'm, Ali, I'm going to ask you this one. Uh, what do you think of the Covenant abilities, uh, such as the Spirit Fox for the uh, Night Fae Covenant? It looks so cool. Like, on my on my Priest, I'm, I know they're trying to say there's no, no best in slot one, whatever, blah, 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 blah. There's going to be one. I would be shocked if there isn't. So for my for my main, for my priest, for my healer, you know, that's what I'm going to have to go with. But I have other alts that I'm dying to play. And I think the fox in particular looked really cool. Plus it's blue, which I like. So I think it's really cool. It's just, it's a fun one to have, you know? I'm intrigued by this soul shape ability, which basically seems like it makes you 
able to have able to have uh, druid shape shifting forms uh, because cool. apparently you can change it into a stag and a butterfly. Among other things, and they talk about having like prestige versions of those abilities as well, which I, I want to see. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so you guys are excited about the covenant abilities? Yeah. I mean, the shared ones, yeah, it looks like they're just basically stuff that'll help with movement. So you got Unburden, which is like a 300% movement increase, which is ridiculous. Necrolord, kind of sounds like that monk ability, Transcendence, I want to say it's called. Only over a very shorter distance. I think it's mm -hmm. only 60 yards, apparently. Yeah. Um, and Venethir, you're, you're basically Reaper. <laughs> teleport teleport to a targeted location, which is very appropriate for my goth boys. <laughs> yeah, it does sound like that would be very uh, gothy. Um, and, and classes will have class abilities tied to each of the covenants as well. Uh, so whichever one you choose in the end, you will have those abilities uh, throughout your end game experience. It's not even just class, like, specific specs are going to have different abilities, so there's, like, gonna be a lot of different abilities. But, I mean, as Ali said, I mean, even though they will undoubtedly try to not have a best-in-class, there will definitely be a best-in-class. Someone oh, yeah. somewhere is gonna do the math and share with everyone what the best-in-slot is, and for people who care about that kind of thing, that's what they're gonna pick. And I'm, like I said, on my on my radar, that's, I'm definitely gonna do that myself. Uh, I'm not good enough to care about mid-maxing, so I'm going to pick Guff Boys no matter what. <laughs> of course you are. I, I, I'll be fair. I mean, we all know what I'm picking on 99% of my characters. Marjoraxis? Yeah. No. <laughs> See, but that's what alt's for. Like, the way I'm going to do it is my raider's going to be whatever is best for my raider, and then my alts are going to be, like, one in each covenant. So I can experience them all. Yeah, because there's different stories for every covenant, too. Yes. Hell, there's different stories for every soulbind. I'm so excited. Uh, I will. I will absolutely carry on most of my characters. My druids will likely be night fae. Um, I will probably send my hordies through Necolord and, and Venthyr because I don't care about them. Sorry, sorry, podcast and Hoofbright. Uh, you're not that important to me. Sorry, sorry, not sorry. Uh, but yeah, um, so, uh, for example of Covenant abilities for mages, uh, the Radiant Spark ability for Kyrian conjure a Radiant Spark that causes 4,800 arcade damage instantly and an additional 1,800 damage over 8 seconds, and your next four direct damage abilities that hit targets affected by Radiant Spark deal 25% increased damage up to 100% increased damage. Necrolord uh, Mage Ability Contagion Bolt. Deal 5,000 shadow damage to the target enemy. For the next 8 seconds, your single single target spells cast on that affected enemy cause the disease to splash to nearby enemies, dealing 3,000 shadow damage, which sounds very unpleasant, uh, for the target at least. And Shifting Power for Night Face is draw, draw from the ground beneath you for 3 seconds, dealing 5,500 nature damage to nearby enemies over the duration. Every second spent channeling increases your haste by 5% for 15 seconds. Uh, and then Venthyr, Mirrors of Torment, uh, conjure three mirrors that rotate around the targeted enemy for six seconds. Whatever they cast an ability or spell, they take 7,000 shadow damage and are rooted for 1.5 seconds. Uh, I do not want to face that ability at all. <laughs> it 
It's fine. It'll be fine. Uh huh. That, that sounds like a really bad, bad, bad movie to me. It'll be fine. Uh huh. Right. Say that now. Yes, I do. I disagree with you when this wrong. goes live. I will very much disagree with you when that goes live. Uh, but uh, what do you guys have those abilities? Other than Toasty saying they're fine. It's intriguing. Uh, I'm I'm excited to actually see him in gameplay and see what they feel like. If it makes your character feel more powerful in that moment, or if it's just a different button to push. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah I'm kind of holding off judgment on any of these abil- on any of these combat based abilities until like we had a beta. Yeah, because things are going to change between now and then. In principle, they sound cool though. Yeah. Indeed. Uh, so, I'm going to ask Toasty this one. What do you think about the soul binds they showed, especially the Venthyr ones? I didn't like. Like I said, I didn't look too much at the different, uh, the differing abilities there, just because we don't have a beta yet, so things are going to change. Uh, the the different soul binds and the fact that they've got. Like uh, they're customizable via like these trees that they're calling conduits, um, is pretty cool. And uh, the way we bind with each of these souls, either via friendship or they they say romance, although I don't see how that'll happen, um, is is interesting as well. And we're gonna learn like there's more backstory behind each of the soul binds that we pick. So it's not just some random NPC that we're picking for the for their pretty power-up, and that's it. We're going to spend time learning about them and finding out their stories and all that, which is which is pretty cool. I like stuff like that. I'm the kind of guy who will, like, when I find a character I'm really interested in, is going to go to their Wikipedia page and consume all that I can about them. So <laughs> stuff like this is right up my alley. And if I decide I don't like the Soulbind after a while, I'm, I can just switch easily. Apparently it'll be like switching talents. Which, you know, good. That is Although awesome. Switching talents costs a lot of... Oh, wait, no. Was, what had the... What was driving up? What had the cost that kept going up? That I definitely pay attention to a lot? To respect your artifact. Right. Okay. Never mind then. <laughs> That's how often I switch artifact stuff. Glad we had a stock. <laughs> but um, yeah, I'm. Good. Yeah, it's, it sounds like a cool system. Uh, we'll see how it's implemented. Yeah, uh, definitely be very interesting to see how that goes. Uh, and they have clarified you will be able to switch them. Uh, it just may lose you a lot of progress. So definitely yeah, something to keep in mind. That's fair. Yeah, it, it makes it. I mean, if you could switch them willy nilly, then it doesn't feel like it matters as much. Whereas sure. you know, because it's going to make you actually redo your progress or whatever it may be, like you have to actually put some thought into it, and your choice actually matters. And they do like making your choice matter. Hmm. All right. Um. So they did say at the deep dive that uh, covenant stuff you'll get weapons and armor. Uh, backpack style cloaks that we already discussed. Uh, there'll be a mount that you can upgrade. 
there'll be world benefits and a covenant campaign, so you learn specific stories around your covenant. What do you guys think about the armor sets they showed for each of the covens? First of all, I appreciate that they showed off the best sets. Plate. <laughs> also, like, obviously the Venthyr was the best one. <laughs> You're not biased or anything, right? Nope, not at all. <laughs> Although the, uh, the Fae one looks pretty cool, too. They all look pretty cool. It's I, I like how it's done. I'm excited to see more of the sets and how it actually looks when it comes out you know to beta at least and there's a lot of you know kind of like I said with the dungeons with Torghast like there's a lot of potential for a lot of things with these armor sets and a lot of looks because I think with the covenants it gives you that freedom to have and explore these different artistic themes within the gear Oh, that Necrolord set looks really good too, though. Oh, choices are hard. No, they're not. Venthyr. <laughs> Just Venthyr all day, every day. I, I, I like I like the Kyrian set overall. Just not a fan of the shoulders or helm, but I rarely am, so that's fine. Yeah, it, it's... Yeah. Like, that helm just... The shoulders just no... Thank you. Uh, but again, I, I'm never a fan of shoulders and helms, so... Apparently the... Apparently the Kyrian don't need to see. There's just no eye holes there. They see with their souls. But they are souls. Exactly, it works. Just... <laughs> Alright then. Um... So, any thoughts on the Kyrian back attachments they showed? Because uh, they showed wings, they showed like a sort of symbol type one, and then like a circle one. The wings are the best out of all of them. I agree. Um, obviously, the coffin is the best one. Uh, we're talking <laughs> about Kyrian, not uh, any other covenants, since they only showed one for the, that uh, covenant. Yeah, but I thought we want to talk about stuff that would look good. <laughs> um, I actually really dig the circle thing that they use. It's pretty cool. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, we, uh, wings is we, wings is always like a very common thing for uh, RPG stuff to attach to you, and I'm kind of over them. So that circle thing looks really cool. Uh, that's kind of what resonated with me the most. If I cho- if I for some reason ended up choosing Bastion, that would or the um, Kyrian, that would probably be what I pick. All right. Um, so they they they. Next up, they did talk a little bit about leveling issues. Um, first off, that leveling takes too long, which I think we can all agree that is the case. As my level twenty to forty-five allied races will attest. Um, another thing, and, and I, I said this last week, and I'm a little bit amused by this, and that is that uh, not every level is rewarding. And, and maybe it's just me, but I strongly remember back uh, BlizzCon or two ago where people were asking about the fact they were removing level rewards every level. And I think it was Legion where they actually didn't have anything rewarding you at, at the levels until you hit max level of that expansion. And they said that it wasn't a big deal, that it didn't matter, and, and that 
not every little house to be rewarding. Uh, so clearly they've learned that that is not the case. What do you guys think of that? I think, I think that's, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think it shows that they are listening to the player base. Sometimes it takes them a little bit to act on things, but <clears throat> it shows they're listening. A lot of these fair. changes show it, actually. And to be fair, some of the things that show they're listening aren't able to be implemented with expansion. True. True. Yeah. Stuff like this especially. Yeah, so this is kind of where they went into the current level ranges. Uh, 1 to 60 for Vanilla, um, 60 to 80 for Burning Crusade and Ice Cr- and uh, Wrath, uh, 80 to 90 for Cataclysm and Mists, uh, 90 to 100 for Warlords, 100 to 110 for Legion, and 110 to 120 for um, Battle for Azeroth. Um, and basically they went into talking about um, changes to that. And that is, um, as an example, uh, they're they're going to change a few things of how you level in in future. Uh, any thoughts on the level squish and how they're going to change leveling in this in this yes, expansion? Yes, I am so excited. So, what's going to happen is, from say you're starting a new character, and you know you're starting level one. That includes demon hunters and DKs now, by the way. You can start either you can start in the old starting zones if you want, or you can do this do the new starting zone. Well, except okay, demon hunters and uh death knights won't start in the new zone, but everyone else can start in Exile's Reach. I thought they did. I thought they said that they're getting their own from one to ten. I wrote down Death Knight and I knew demon they'll hunters be... too for Exile's Reach. Okay. I might have I might have written it down wrong though, honestly. I, I could be wrong too. Either way, the important thing is you you'll have Exile's Reach if you so choose, and then at the end of that you get a two boss dungeon. Just putting out there, a dungeon. And then you go to your you know, Stroman or Orgamar or whatever and get started. And you can go from zone to zone, let willy nilly as you want and level and we'll just wander around. Or you can go to Chromie. And tell Chromie you want to pick a specific expansion. And you can pick any expansion you want, which is fantastic. So if I just want to level in Wrath and experience Wrath again, I can go level in Wrath. And it basically becomes the equivalent of a outdoor time walking zone expansion, you know, leveling experiences, as I explained it. And, you know, if you get bored with the expansion, you can go back to Chromie and change your expansions. But I think... This allows people to see more of the story, more of a zone, and again, just go back to having more choice in how they want to spend their time in game. Yeah, the example they used when they're talking about the current leveling experience is uh, Mist of Pandaria, because the Jade Forest is a huge zone. Yeah. And by the time you level through Jade Forest, you probably get halfway through another zone before you out-level that content. Yeah, it's, it's and crazy. You won't be able and there's, to that. Yeah, there's just so many missed storylines and quest lines and experiences that we don't get anymore because we are rushing to level cap. Which, I mean, there's nothing wrong with that, obviously, but just a lot of things fall through the cracks. <clears throat> yeah, especially... Like, this change is, especially works well for new players because they'll actually be able to complete the story. Yeah. 
Oh, one thing I have to say about this is that Talison from Talison and Emetel must be very happy about this because this was pretty much word for word what he suggested when talking about a potential level <laughs> switch. Oh, we will talk about that gentleman in a moment. But first. Um, yeah, I, I'm really excited for this. It's going to be very interesting. Um, definitely something I will beta test as much as I can while I'm able to because uh, there's a lot of stuff that I still have questions about in this, in this like, there's some some reporting that was like, oh, once you've chosen your expansion, you can't change that. Others seem to report that you could change what you want they to do. They said at the deep dive, you can change it. Okay. That's and good. The, 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 the deep dive and the group interview that I did, that was one thing they said. They singled out specifically that if you get bored, you can change. So if for some reason you chose Burning Crusade, don't worry, you can back out pretty rapidly. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, if you if you chose Cataclysm, I mean, it's good to get to, get to go, you know, go for a good expansion. I like Cataclysm. The story in Cataclysm was pretty cool. Uh, it was. It was. I felt it was very disjointed for me as a player, but that's just me. Because the zones were not connected at all. Exactly. Um, Which is why they're doing Shadowlands the way they're doing it. Ta-da! Indeed. Uh, so. <laughs> What do you guys think about the fact they squished it to 50 instead of 60? Because I think a lot of people were expecting a squish down to 60. I think people were expecting the squish to 60 um, to include Shadowlands. Because eventually the level cap is 60, right? Because sh- yeah. the 50 to 60 portion will be Shadowlands. I think it threw me off at first, but it's fine. I'm I'm okay with it. Yeah. Yeah. I was never attached to a specific number for the level squish. So I just wanted one to happen because 120 is kind of insane. ridiculous. Yeah. And now they're set for at least four more expansions before they have to do this all over again. You know, when Azeroth hatches and we have to go find a new world to live on. Yeah, well, we live on... <laughs> Azure F. That's all the only name I can think of off the top of what? my head. <laughs> I couldn't think of another name, okay? Give me a break. <laughs> we already talked about how I am like not feeling well right now. <laughs> Turns out when you make two weeks of bad choices after living like a relatively healthy life, um, your body doesn't recover that well. And that's what I'm dealing with right now. Okay? Give me a break. (laughs) I'm just laughing. I'm not saying anything. Um, One other thing I like about this. uh, So, like, the the thing we talked about where 1 to 10 you can either do... 1 to 10 you can either do the old starting zones or Exiles Reach. And then 10 to 50 you pick your expansion. And then 50 to 60 you pick Shadow... You go through Shadowlands. That's for existing players. So for new players... They're very much shoehorned into a specific leveling experience. So one to ten, you have to do Exiles Reach. That's that's the only way you'll do it. And for ten to fifty, you're in battle for Azeroth. And then fifty to sixty, you get Shadowlands. I think that makes the most sense for new players, especially because one to ten is going to give you the the modern starting zone. It's also going to give you a brief primer on dungeons as a forced exit to that experience. And ten to fifty, you're gonna go through Battle for Azeroth. You'll get to know the story of what happened pro- right, like right prior to Shadowlands, and I think that makes the most sense. 
and then 50 to 60 obviously makes the most sense to have in a Shadowlands because, hey, it's the current expansion. Yeah. So. Um, yeah. I like I like that they've that they're able to tailor the experience between new and uh, existing players. That's uh, that's a theme that that is very present for Shadowlands. They, they, they've tailored different experiences for uh, for other different kinds of players. And that's good. Uh, they're able that they that they're actually able to do that to do that now. I'm, yeah, I'm. I'm really interested to see how this ends up working out. Uh, I want to see how, like, what level my characters are, are leveled down to. Uh, whether they'll be leveled back to like zero percent of the current of the level they get squished down to, or if they end up getting like a, a next level up kind of thing, because uh, that's always always been a confusing thing for players. Um, but uh, I, I have faith since they have done so well with the level squishing. Are the um, zone uh, um, shifting of your, your level for for the zone you're in? Um, that the character power ch- not changing is definitely still going to be a, a good thing. Um, so that's going to be very good for, for for players, I think. Um, and I'm very curious to see what the Exiles Reach is going to be like. Uh, hopefully, that'll be in the early beta, so players yeah. can actually get a look at that and feel uh, what that experience is going to be like. Well, it sounds like they're actively trying to introduce newer players to world of warcraft in general they talked about how there's going to be a lot of well-known baddies of different types that we see throughout the game are all going to be exiles reach you know different types of zone areas you know you're going to get your dark forest you're going to get your big mountains and vistas and everything like they're trying to kind of get that all into one area so you see a little bit of everything Indeed. Uh, so, um, sorry. I, I'm just going through the images in there, and there's lots of images about Excel's reach and stuff. Um, so they did talk a little bit about uh, some of the problems they're trying to fix with this expansion, um, and and that, some of that is like, first off, where every level is going to be rewarding again. Um, I'm excited for that, um, and I'm hoping to see that there'll be something to make you special every level. Um, every level you get will be important to you. Um, but more exciting to me is the return to class. So it isn't going to be just, um, I am a Shadow Priest, a Ret Paladin, a Balanced Druid. I am a Druid. I am a Paladin. I am a Priest. I am a Hunter. Uh, what do you guys think of, of the idea of the returning back to your class being your main... F- um, I'm a paladin versus I'm a red paladin. I'm okay with it. I mean, we did it in Legion. I'm pretty proud of my main being a holy priest, but I also like my Twisted Shadow side, so I'm okay with it. Plus, it worked out pretty well in Legion. So bring it. How are you, Toasty? What What do you think about the uh, return to class as being your important thing? Um, like, it's important that you are a, a warrior, not just a fury warrior or a prot warrior like you. First of all, screw you. 
Second of all, second of all, I um, I, I might I might have been one of the few people who was disagreeing with his thing about you didn't choose to be a fury warrior, you chose to be a, a warrior. Like no, I one hundred percent chose did to be specifically a fury choose. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I don't I don't mind that. I mean, it makes sense. Like the. You, especially because you don't you, you really choose your specialization right away. Mm-hmm. You, you kind of started as a generic priest, warrior, hunter, or warrior that uses light as a crutch, <laughs> and and then you kind of branch out from there. So it makes sense that you have that that you should have um, those all those different abilities. Maybe not the stronger ones that come later on, but like shadow word death, for example, or whatever paladins use, and at a very basic level. Um, so deep rooting, as they called it, makes sense, and returning to that identity as a, returning to class versus spec identity makes total sense. It doesn't make sense that okay, well, I decided to spec into shadow, so all of a sudden I forgot how to use flash heal. So, uh, ironically, I'm the only person of the four of the three of us who can actually speak to the class defining mechanics they described uh, because we have no other no no other paladins uh, shamans rogues or warlocks really here hey my my main well my main alt is a rogue yeah and i uh, i love i i played a shaman for a while, long time too okay well are you excited then for totem's returning yes oh my god yes like well, like have you for me, like throwing down those totems at the beginning of the fight, like this, like I'm taking this fight seriously now, and and this is what part of what I need to do to set up. Before, like I'd be wandering around questing, like okay, I I aggroed some random mob. Is it worth dropping my totems? No, so I didn't bother. But when I was serious, when it was like a dungeon or like a hard quest objective, I was a hundred percent dropping those totems because, like, it, first of all, it felt good that thunk. And the and all the totems showing up around me that felt good. And when I picked up my shaman again very very recently, the fact that dropping totems wasn't a regular thing for me to do, like it was a small thing, but it didn't feel as fun. So yeah, I'm a hundred percent looking forward to dropping totems again. And I'm sorry, they never should have taken poison away from rogues. So I'm super excited about that. Plus, I mean, they even mentioned for priests that as my holy priest, I can go back to casting Shadow Word Death again, which I loved that because death. But also, if I was actually DPSing as Shadow and say my healer needed a little bit of help, I was able to flash heal them a bit. And I can't anymore. So I'm really excited about those changes. One of the one of the things that they said that really stood out to me was when you change specs, all of a sudden all the buttons on your bars are different, and you don't know what they are. Like for me, whenever the odd time I've ventured into shadow as my as priest, when I change specs, I'm like I don't know what any of these are. Especially these since Legion, do. like it, there are some big changes that came out. So yeah, yeah. So now I quest around exclusively in disc because it's just easier. It takes longer. But at least I know what all my buttons do. <laughs> uh, well, I... Okay, so... I know that there are at least some who are concerned or, or perhaps afraid of 
having to reapply poisons all the time and reapply auras like paladins. I mean, totems is I mean, that's something you can train yourself, but it's like, oh, I died and I got to remember to reapply my aura again because it, it it went away. Um, I, I'm hoping to see that they are not returning to the classic style of of these things. Like, I, I as I'm sure many rogues do not want to have to reapply poisons every five minutes or ten minutes or whatever. Yeah, hopefully it's back to there. At one point, it was up to an hour. Okay. I can't remember what expansion that was, though. Um, for these, like, for totems and poisons, and, and even for curses, I, I think they should just persist through death, and then if you want to change what poison or aura or curse you're using, you just change it, and then that's changed, and then it's there until you're done. Like, until you be. want to change it again. Like, that's what I want it to be. I, I don't want it to be something you have to remember to do all the time. It's not, I mean, you, like, for, for example, for this expansion... As a priest, I finally got my fortitude buff back. And it took me a while to get back into the habit of every time I die, or every time someone in the dungeon or raid dies, I reapply my buff. Like, it took me a little bit in the beginning of this expansion to get back into that. But 99% of the time, I'm back into that. So it's it's habits that can be relearned. It wouldn't be, it definitely would be easier if you don't have to worry about that. But it's still doable. At least just, that's what I think. Cool. Um, so they did say that there'll be a return to iconic class abilities um, for Death Knights, Raise Dead, for Mages, Frost Shock, for Paladins, Consecration, for Warlocks, Death Coil, uh, for Rogues, Shiv, and I believe for druids or your Ir- Irsal's vortex I, I don't know if that's for sure that druid thing though um what do you guys think of those those kind of abilities returning and what would what you want for your classes uh, huh. one of my thoughts for the priest was the light well but that comes with so many mixed emotions because there was the form of the light well where people had to actually click on it and no one actually clicked on it and that was really annoying and then there was the version where you put it out and it just burst out heels i would have been okay with that version of it coming back i was kind of hoping to see that in the list i'm not gonna lie but that's okay i can't think of any warrior ability that they removed that i'm like i need that back 100 percent because like in some cases, they combined some abilities so that, so that it was, I wasn't like spamming a bunch of buttons before I started attacking, and I'm okay with the, I was okay with those changes. Um, <clears throat> yeah, honestly, I can't think of anything for warriors that, uh, like, no, I need that back. But um, looking through that list and hearing from everybody, there's obviously a bunch of abilities for other classes. That, like, no. Keep it to me now, but please. And I want it back. Like, uh, Eyes of the Beast for Hunters was one of those things that I think they're bringing back. Yeah. The Eyes of the Beast, I don't know that I use that often, but it was a really cool ability to have, for sure. Yeah, it's like um, it's like that eye ability that Warlocks have, where you can see through another point of view, right? I think it's Killrog's eye, I believe. Yeah. <clears throat> well, we will talk more about this, I'm sure, next week. 
this is definitely the BlizzCon that's going to keep on giving. <laughs> yeah. Um, but let's uh, let's get uh, your guys' uh, uh, thoughts on some of the more recent news, stuff that happened since BlizzCon. Um, and again, we'll come back to more on BlizzCon stuff next week. Um, so uh, Activision Blizzard's earning call was this past week. And uh, we learned a bit of stuff. Uh, so, World of Warcraft Classic drove the biggest quarterly increase in subscription plans in franchise history in both East and West. Um, Reach in October remained well above pre-Classic levels, with deep engagements across Classic and Modern World of Warcraft. And there was significant growth in the size of World of Warcraft audience. Um, Blizzard had 33 million monthly active users. Um... And the Overwatch League Season 2 average minute audience grew 18% year over year. Um, and the team is prioritizing reach and engagement over, short ter for, over short term results for Hearthstone. Um, any thoughts on all that uh, information? Uh, I was kind of surprised about the Overwatch League uh, audience increase. It felt, like it, it felt like personally it was stagnating, but I guess I was wrong. It felt like throughout season two, it felt like there were less people talking about it and and whatnot. I know it may it may just be a result of me being like not as actively engaged as I was during season one, where I was watching all the games all the time instead of just watching when my team played. <clears throat> but yeah, that, that was kind of cool. Everything else, I'm not particularly surprised about. I mean, I'll, it's no surprise that WoW Classic drove a pretty significant sub-increase. I mean, the hype behind that was real, and we saw a bunch of evidence that people were clamoring for this, and that they wanted this, and especially after all the servers that they ended up opening up over that sh relatively short amount of time, it's not really surprising that, uh, we, that Blizzard saw an increase of that size over the course of the quarter. And the other statements about WoW, uh, as a result of that, are not a surprise to me either. I don't know, what, about, what about you, Ellie? I think we all kind of expected this growth with Classic coming out, and especially in those first couple weeks when the hype was real. So I'm not too surprised about the growth, and I think it's great. And I hope it continues. Uh, growth in WoW, I think, helps all the player base, uh, no matter who you are, so. Uh, now, I know somebody here is very excited about some news that came out in the last day or so. Any thoughts on yes. Darkmoon Fair updates? Yes. So, we are getting a new section of the Darkmoon Fair. It's going to be called the Mecha Fun Arcade. And what I feel, happens? I feel like you need to really change the tone of that statement of the word. Well, it's not mech, it's not a mega dungeon. We oh, use that for okay. mega dungeons. Oh, okay. Get it all right. right. All right. All right. So, anyways, we are. It's called the Megafun Arcade, and what happens is you pay. It looks like just one Dark Moon game token, and it unlocks it for the entire day. Now, they have, they've not reported anything about prizes yet, so I'm kind of eager to hear about that. But there are different new, as you can guess, arcade games. 
So one of them is Hex Sweeper, which is a lot like Minesweeper, but it looks like a potentially larger version, and you might potentially die if you fail. So that's a thing. <laughs> There's also Rune Matching, which is obviously similar to the Bejeweled Rune Matching that we're doing out in Ajatar right now. There is one called Bull E, which is that Untangled puzzle game we're also doing out in Ajatar. And there is the Barrels of Fun with the barrels out in Legion that you would do where you had to guess which one the item is under, you know? And there is one called Remembery, which is like the shell game. And there's one called Totemic Matrix. And if you have ever played in the Shaman class order hall in Legion, there is this little area where you play a game where you have to turn, you know, all the totems one color or create a shape with them. Because there's like two different colors. You have to like flip them around to make it work. It's very puzzle-like. So just new fun things to do during Moon Fair. I'm really excited about these. Just some, I'm all about the lighthearted fun. And this seems like some good lighthearted fun. And they all had different difficulty levels. Like once you complete a certain objective, you upgrade to the next level and do it again, that kind of thing. And again, still have not heard about prizes yet. If we get tickets from it and that kind of thing, I would imagine so. But who knows? There are definitely some of these that I really enjoy. So I'm very curious to see how they're going to come about in Darkmoon Fair terms. I'm excited for all of these. So, so excited. Uh, I don't know. I, I'm not sure this is going to be enough to drive me to spend more time in Darkmoon Fair than I do right now, which is just enough time to get my experience slash rep bonus. If the <clears throat> if there are no prizes and it's just safe for achievements, I'll do it enough to get the achievements and then be done. If there are prizes, though, I'll probably be here often. So if it's, it's if it's another way to grind out those tickets in order to get some of the mounts and everything, I'm all for it. Oh yeah, yeah, I can see that. I keep kind of forgetting that the Dark Moon Fair mounts exist. So every yeah. every time I kind of just don't do them, and subsequently I have like one of the Dark Moon Fair mounts. Which is the uh, bear? But the, I want the other ones, so maybe I'll maybe I'll do these something different, right? Well, one of these things is different. The other things I am painfully familiar with. Looks <laughs> like whatever. It's it's if it's an easy way to get tickets, then you know, a plus. I gave my camera a thumbs up because I'm because <laughs> we I'm, can all see you on this audio show. Yeah. I'm fine, I swear. I'm not. Well, it's a good thing that there's some holidays coming up. Maybe you can rest a little bit. Yeah, yeah because I won't be raiding. <laughs> uh, so um, there was some worry from people that uh, the release of 8.3 would kind of coincide with the holiday season, which, you know, people would not be thrilled about because they want to do, do the server first or world first races and doing that during the holidays is not going to be easy. Some would say impossible. So, uh, bl uh, 
Blizzard has come out and said that we don't have to worry about that. Um, any of the changes that are coming in 8.3 we should not be expected until after. They did not say when specifically the year, but they, they said in the year at some point. So, you know, go ahead and plan your family holidays and uh, spend time with them during the holiday season. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. There are people who are upset that we don't at least get 8.3 and maybe just release the raid later. But if you think about it, not only do Blizzard employees also want to spend time with their families, but also, you know, we probably should spend some time with our families. And if something goes wrong, if there's a hiccup with that 8.3 release, and half the employees are gone spending time with their families during the holidays, that's not going to be a smooth release. And then people will be even more upset than they are right now about knocking <clears> it through. So yep. I think this is for the best for everyone, and I'm looking forward to it after the holidays. I agree. Yeah, nothing was worse than having to rush back to work because somebody made a mistake. So Even worse with the mistake was from you. That was really bad. <laughs> um, all right, let's talk about our second sponsor, shall we? All right, so our second sponsor, as usual, are the great folks over at Audible. You can get a free audiobook download at bit.ly slash books 2019. That's bit.ly slash books 2019. Now over 200,000 titles to choose from for your iPod or MP3 player. This week, we're going to take a look at the book, We'll Destroy the Galaxy for Cash. Let's have a listen. I followed her into the small office. There was a simple desk set up with a computer terminal and two chairs, and a single window with a scenic view of some dustbins and a brick wall, but it was the poster behind Loretta's chair that caught all my attention. A detailed schematic for an Aniris Galileo-class galactic explorer, fully diagrammed and labelled. It might as well have been wearing lingerie and making a kissy face. So, Loretta said, while briskly pecking at the keyboard a few times, as if she were brushing something nasty off it, an Iris Venture is conducting a series of long-term deep space expeditions to expand the edges of the known galaxy and stake a claim on any resources or discoveries that are made. We are constructing Galileo-class explorers at a rate of one per year for the next 20 years, each requiring a full complement of bridge and security officers, as well as science and engineering staff, to blaze the trail of courageous pioneers. She paused to stifle a little yawn. And you would like to be added to the waiting list, Mr. Pierce. Dashford Pierce. Yes, I most definitely would. So once again, that was Will Destroy the Galaxy for Cash, written and narrated by Yancy Kroshaw. You can find that and over 200,000 titles over at bit.ly slash books 2019 And we thank Audible for their support of the show. All right, so our question of the week for last week was, what covenant are you most excited to join in Shadowlands? I feel like I've made my opinion on that quite clear. <laughs> give me goth boys or give me death. Uh, Zephyrius says vampires, please. I assume she also means goth boys. Jobux says transform everything into druid power. Sicko <laughs> uh, Thermoplug says most of my characters will go bastion. It looks like the most pleasant zone. If gnomes get to be lepers, my leper gnome hunter will join the Necrolord. That makes sense. And Erlina says all of them. <laughs> I have been a fault. Velvet Devlin says, the one that lets me have my own abomination. Leo Wiles says, my own favorite base on concept is Bastion. 
but it's going to be a character per character thing. My main mirror, the mechanic, which is going to be Volpira, is going Revendreth. Fits the scavenger engineer thing and Volpira scrappy, used to harsh environments. Miro likes fixing things. And they're kind of broken. Jerage V says Venthyr from my Dark Iron Warrior. Since Shadowlands is looking alt friendly, I'm planning on also having a dwarf priest to go to Kirian. But honestly, who knows once I play through the content. Theoretical DPS gains will not influence my decision as I am not in method. <laughs> and Oliver Mead says Necrolords fit in with my headcanon for my warrior. Uh, and sorry, what was your chosen for, for yourself there, Ali? My main is most likely going to be Bastion. It's going to be kind of dependent on things, but that's my guess. But like many have said, I have alts, so I'm going to play at least through each one. All right. Uh, Wing of Benny says, I'm going to join Strahd. I don't know which one that is. So Strahd is a uh, character from the D&D lore. Character Strahd specifically. I I would assume based on that, that uh, this person is choosing to go with the uh, Venthyr. Alright. Wow, Hunter 67 says, whichever one is more heavenly weighted in favor of my class and spec. Blizzard says they try to balance it, but there's always a cookie, the cookie cutter min-max. Trolling Azeroth says, lean towards the Venthyr on this. I, I think they're trolling us, so I thought just maybe. Um, and Raykel Tower says, Bastion. Um, and uh, next week's question is, what dearly departed characters are you hoping to encounter in Shadowlands? I think the Paladins. Uh, Tyrion Forging, Uther Lightbringer, um, perhaps a non-evil Arthas? Maybe? Um, yeah, just all the all the good guys. I I would I'm also fully expecting to see that we will have a uh, variant in there somewhere. Oh yeah, for sure. There are a lot of people I'm hoping to see. Arthas was the first one to come to mind because I really enjoy the Lich King storyline, and obviously there's a lot of that going on. So I'm fully expecting to see Arthas. I want to see Varian. I want to see Kindy. But I'm gonna have like some Kleenex with me. Me <laughs> some tears. Yes, there will be a lot of tears for anybody if they see if that character's there. Uh, like outside of the obvious ones, like like Arthas, like Varian, um, the two that I think I'd like to see most are Ronan, because. I want to see if he still warns us about if, he, if he's still like addressing <laughs> the citizens of Dalaran in, in the afterlife. <laughs> um, and this might be a little controversial. I want to see what Garrosh is up to. Like, where did he end up, and how does he feel about everything after? Yeah. Is he trying? Is he trying to atone for? Is he trying to atone in the afterlife for what he did? I totally. Or is he still dancing that. on his ways? I totally you're going to say him. Really? I, I had that written down. Wow, uh, I, I said I wrote down Kennedy for Ali <clears throat> and Garage for you. Well, you know me pretty well, dude. Like <laughs> I, Gar- Garage's arc was always pretty interesting to me, and yeah. I feel like seeing where he ended up afterwards uh, would be kind of cool, and how he feels about everything after after all was said and done. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see what his thoughts are post-death. And how he feels about, you know, Thrall cheating in the Makara. 
<laughs> he Anyways. cheated. Anyways. You, you can't any ways that away. He cheated. <laughs> you can't. Uh... I'll admit, I would have preferred to kill Garrosh myself. But that's like, just me. Don't get me wrong. Garrosh deserved to die. But he didn't deserve to get cheated. So you would rather he have been successful and stayed alive and continue to be a threat than to be killed off in the way he was? No, no I said Garage deserved to die. But not how he did. Yeah. So then here's the question. What if that was the only way that he could have died? By cheating, specifically? By Thrall using magic to defeat him. In a Makura? Or just in general? Sure. Because I, I don't know if there's any way that... You, any, any other way that he could have been defeated. He wouldn't have accepted a, a challenge from anybody outside of Makara. I don't know. I don't know how I feel. I don't, I, I don't know. How it, I feel it, about it, that. It's definitely something that is issue to consider, for sure. Uh, let's move on from that, because that could just like take us down a whole rail that we don't need to go down. Yeah. Uh, let us uh, talk about shoutouts. Uh, Allie, you first. Ooh, I have multiple, so I'm just going to say to anyone that I had a chance to talk with, to hug, high-five, have a drink with, have a meal with, whatever, at BlizzCon or any time during that trip. Thank you for being just so wonderful and helping me create so many very special memories, and I love you all. Um, to, to nobody's surprise, I'm going to have a similar shout-out. <laughs> uh... I would attempt to shout out specific people, but there are way too many of you, and so I'm many. worried. I'm worried that I will forget somebody. <laughs> so just know that if I interacted with you in any way at BlizzCon, I very much enjoyed our time together, and I can't wait to see you guys next year. All right, and my shout out is going to go to uh, everybody who helped cover everything while those two were gone. Uh, so Haster, Joe. Uh, Nick, Frasley, and everybody who helped out, Bullet Catcher, uh, who helped out for the Dawnforge coverage, uh, Nick and Frasley for helping out with the show last week, um, made it a lot less stressful for me to know I had some great people who were helping out cover BlizzCon, and to help out with the show last week, because we had so much to talk about, and uh, much like this week, we had to cut our conversations short to try to not do a 10-hour episode, um, but we will clearly have content from BlizzCon to cover for a long time yet, so uh, look forward to talking more about it next week. Um, but yeah, thank you to everybody who is here listening in and who helped cover it. Uh, I really appreciate you all. Um, it was great to uh, great to build a uh, have, have good people to talk to, so... And a second shout out to all the Blizzard staff who worked the con. Uh, you yes. guys are heroes, and uh, I know that that is a stressful week, uh, stressful time leading up to that con, and the between the secrecy and and 
hopefully everything goes well and trying to make sure that everything goes as best it can. Uh, it is absolutely a, a task that I could not do myself. Uh, so I do truly appreciate all you guys do to make BlizzCon as awesome as you guys do. So uh, shout, out my, shout out to all of you for all your hard work. We really appreciate everything you did uh, for us who are there and who are not there. So. All right, time for our outro. If you'd like to reach us by voicemail, call 1-785-ATA-WOW-5 or 1-785-282-9695. You can send emails to show at allthingsazeroth.com. If you like what we do here, check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash allthingsaz. Join our Battle.net group at bit.ly slash bnetata and our Discord at bit.ly slash ata discord, which is where we record every Monday night at 8 p.m. Central. You can find us on Twitter at allthingsaz, at medros, at fandeth, at toastypostycan, at aleandersk, and at Domforge. And please check out the other shows from Domforge Productions, including Group Quest, Shattered Soulstone, More Than Megapixels, and Across the Hooniverse. And we'll be back next week. In the meantime, take care, happy hunting, and we'll see you on the other side of more BlizzCon talk. Yay, BlizzCon! This podcast brought to you by Dawn Forge Productions, copyright 2019. Get more at thedawnforge.com. <laughs>